I'm Frank Newkirk, FNN Ranch in Lexington, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas. Agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. The Thanksgiving holiday is upon us, so I really thank you for taking a few minutes to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, you know, we like to follow those weekly USDA crop ratings, and it seems like all year long on both this spring's crop and this fall planted crop, I've been telling you that Texas has the worst wheat crop in the nation. Well, the latest ratings don't look all that good for us, but we don't have the worst crop in the nation, at least for this week. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The Texas Legislature will come together at the State Capitol in just a few weeks to begin a new session. I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today, We'll talk about some state legislative issues that are important to farmers and ranchers. Recent below freezing temperatures were probably beneficial for cotton farmers on the South Plains who wanted to refrain from spending more dollars on harvest aids. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that West Texas report on Texas Ag Today. Texas farmers and ranchers are eyeing the impacts of a low water level situation on the Mississippi River and a potential rail strike. I'm Gary Joyner and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. We are down to the last few USDA crop condition reports of this season, and Texas has had a poor wheat crop rating all year long. For much of the year, we reported that Texas had the worst wheat crop in the nation. But now, USDA's Brad Rippey says we only have the second worst wheat crop in the nation. 52% of the crop rated very poor to poor is Colorado, and that is a seven-point increase from last week. Not too far behind is Texas, 49%, very poor to poor. Oklahoma at 41%. And the number one production state, Kansas, coming in at 40%, as well as Nebraska. So again, this crop has a lot of hurdles to overcome due to drought, early season cold, leaving it poorly established. And we've got the overwintering period ahead of us, and we'll have to see how it looks when we get to the spring. Here's how the wheat ratings in this week report shake out. They're rating 19% of the Texas wheat crop good to excellent, 32% fair, 
And just under half, 49% of the Texas wheat crop rated poor to very poor. The report also shows that 95% of the wheat has been planted, 80% has emerged. Cotton harvest also moving forward here in Texas as we wrap up this year's crop. 71% of the cotton crop now harvested. That is well ahead of the 64% five-year average pace. We are fortunate here in Texas to have a lot of land available to produce food and fiber, but the future of agriculture does not lie in land availability. People are appalled when I tell them that we lose one square mile of farmland every day to urban sprawl. Well, that's not the limiting factor. We've got plenty of land. We're not going to run out of land. We've got acres and acres and acres. We'll never be short of a place to grow food for the human race. That's Texas Commissioner of Agriculture Sid Miller, who says the real problem is water. The limiting factor, you just mentioned it, is water. We're out. There is no more water. It's a finite amount. So if you can farm or not, depends on if you get rainfall or if you've got irrigation water. The state of Texas owns all of the surface water. People, A lot of people don't even know that, but we have river authorities to manage that. We have Brazos, Trinity, Colorado, et cetera, river authorities, and they allocate that to farmers and cities and manufacturing. But since we're right at 30 million people across our state, we don't have enough. So the only other source is groundwater. And those water tables and aquifers are constantly dropping, so growing food and fiber in our state will only become more challenging in the years ahead. The Texas legislature begins a new session in just a few weeks. James Hunt talks about some state legislative issues that are important to Texas farmers and ranchers. There's a lot of anticipation right now about what will happen in Washington next year as Congress writes the new farm bill. But when our state legislature assembles in January, the folks in Austin will also be tackling issues important to agriculture. I talked about this with Steely Fishbacher, the director of policy for Texas wheat producers. Fishbacher says one thing her organization will be pushing for is getting state lawmakers to give the Texas Department of Agriculture more flexibility when it comes to its budget. Fishbacher says giving TDA more authority to transfer funds between programs could allow the agency to lower its fees. Over the past, I'm going to say eight years, they've gone through a revision of some of their program fees and have really resulted in higher fees for farmers. And so we've been working with them trying to find other options to reduce those fees back to, you know, more in line with previous rates that we've seen. Fishbacher says the state agriculture department also needs an IT upgrade. They're still operating on decades old technology in a lot of cases. And so improving those registration and approval processes can really benefit our members who interface with some of those programs. With state lawmakers expected to be working with a budget surplus in the coming session, Fishbacher says Texas wheat producers would also like to see more funding for Texas A&M AgriLife. We know we have a great extension agronomist here in the panhandle. We have an economist as well that our members really rely on. So making sure that they have that ability to go out and recruit and maintain really good staff that can be a valuable asset to farmers in those counties and regions. Also on the legislative agenda for Texas wheat producers, maintaining local control of regional water planning decisions. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Recent below freezing temperatures will save cotton farmers some money on the Texas Southern Plains. Tom Nicoletti tells how. 
Eddie Griffiths out in West Texas. And uh, Eddie, weather-wise, in the month of November so far, early freeze in Central Texas, storms up in Northeast Texas, and uh, much cooler temperatures uh, along the coastal bend and into the Rio Grande Valley. What uh, have the temperatures looked like here recently there in uh, the Lubbock area and South Plains? Cold, Tom. We've finally gotten below the freezing mark, and I, I think that was beneficial. Quite a few producers that uh, maybe didn't want to spend any more money on that cotton crop using harvest aids and finally getting that killing freeze is going to be very beneficial to them. Even for the guys that have gone out there and, and defoliated, I think that uh, hopefully it, it'll help them as far as getting what little of this cotton crop we have getting it out what about uh, the freeze uh, impact on uh, any uh, winter crops that have been planted as far as you know the freeze on any small seeded crops or anything like that it, it all still looks all right you know we've had some pretty good moisture we haven't had any in the in the past few weeks but we've had enough to uh, get like our wheat crop established and uh, enough moisture for it to go ahead and thrive and and move along but it looks like for the rest of the week that we're going to see colder temperatures well below freezing. And uh, that's something that, that we've been waiting for here and, and kind of not used to. The overnight temperatures fell about how, how low so far? Oh, we've seen temperatures get down to 24, 25 degrees. And uh, could see it get a little cooler than that. But uh, definitely a change from what we saw a week ago, you know, was almost like summer temperatures, and then we went from summer to straight into winter. Eddie, thanks for that report. Thank you, Tom. That is Eddie Griffiths reporting for us today from Lubbock. Texas farmers and ranchers are eyeing the impacts of a low water level situation on the Mississippi River and a potential rail strike. Gary Joyner explains. So much of agriculture is beyond a Texas farmers and ranchers' control. Added to the list right now are the low water level of the Mississippi River and a potential rail strike. Both are impacting fertilizer availability and prices. The river gauge at Memphis, Tennessee reached minus 8.49 feet last week. That's up from the low point this year of minus 10.81 feet last month. The Fertilizer Institute says cargoes are going up the river about a quarter loaded on barges. A lot of the docks where fertilizer is transloaded into terminals are off the main river. Access to those docks is a challenge. The threat of a rail strike is also looming large. The deadline to avoid a strike has been pushed back to December 4th. Industry leaders say fertilizer shippers using trains will be impacted even before the deadline if the unions haven't reached a decision before the deadline. Ammonia shippers will be impacted five days ahead of time if there is no resolution. That's because ammonia cannot be stuck in train cars during a strike. For every day shippers are not able to move product, it takes five to seven days to catch up. And there's not a lot of long-term storage, according to officials. Not good for Texas growers, but there's not much they can do about it like so much in agriculture. I'm Gary Joyner in Waco. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is reminding hunters in 25 Texas counties that they're required to report antlerless deer harvest. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And we'll look at the dangers of feeding your pets table food this holiday season. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next 
right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. With the holidays now upon us, pet owners seem to treat their pets with table food. Dr. Bob Judd says that is a big problem. It is important to inform your guest and the rest of your family that table scraps can be very harmful to your pets. I know there are instances in which owners feed their pets table scraps all the time and do not have a problem, but it is still not a good idea in most cases. Paula Plummer is a licensed veterinary technician at Texas A&M, and she indicates at TexVet Pets that table scraps generally consist of fat and grease from meat, animal bones, animal skin, and food with a high fat and sugar content that can be dangerous to your pet. Bones from turkey, chicken, or roast can get lodged in the esophagus, and some of these bones will need to be removed surgically. Large amounts of fat ingested by your dog can lead to pancreatitis and digestive upsets. Also, lethargy and dehydration can develop, requiring injectable fluid therapy in a veterinary hospital. So these cases can be severe. Some pets must be fed a specific diet, such as those with kidney disease or urinary tract disease, and those on a hyperallergenic diet trial. These pets should never be fed table scraps as only feeding a small amount of table scraps when doing a food allergy trial can make the trial invalid. This time of year, sweets are common in most homes, such as candies, cakes, and pies. Some candies and desserts contain an ingredient called xylitol, which is a sugar substitute. Xylitol is toxic to dogs as it lowers the blood sugar level and can lead to seizures, liver failure, and even death. Chocolate is a common toxicity in dogs this time of year, so be careful and keep all chocolate and other candy and cakes in a closed latch cupboard. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is informing hunters in 25 Texas counties that they are required to report antlerless deer harvest. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. If you plan on harvesting an antlerless deer in the Oak Prairie region Thursday through Sunday, don't forget to report your harvest on the My Texas Hunt Harvest website or app within 24 hours. According to Alan Kane, Whitetail Deer Program Leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, harvest reporting is mandatory in 21 counties during the special antlerless deer season. It's also required during the archery, youth, and muzzleloader seasons. Counties that are required to report their harvest include Austin, Bastrop, Caldwell, Colorado, Comal, east of 35, DeWitt, Fayette, Goliad, north of US 59, Gonzales, Guadalupe, Hayes, east of 35, Jackson, north of 59, Carnes, Lavaca, Lee, Travis, east of 35, Victoria, north of 59, Waller, Washington, 
Wharton north of 59, and Wilson. Kane says hunters in the four archery-only counties in North Texas are required to report all white-tailed deer harvest within 24 hours. Those counties are Dallas, Grayson, Rockwall, and Collin. That requirement for those counties in North Texas is new this year. Again, hunters in those 25 counties are required to report their harvest within 24 hours on the My Texas Hunt Harvest app. For the list of 21 counties that I read, the antlerless deer hunting season is Thursday through Sunday. Be sure to check the Paper Outdoor Annual, the Outdoor Annual app, or the Outdoor Annual website for this year's county-specific seasons and regulations. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It is time for a check on the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.COM. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Live and feeder cattle traded lower for much of the day Wednesday as there was not much interest from traders heading into the Thanksgiving holiday. December live cattle down 45 cents to 153.35. February live cattle down a dollar to 155.42. April live cattle down 77 cents to 159.12. Corn trended higher for much of the day on Wednesday. That also impacted feeder cattle trading. January feeder cattle down $2.42 to $179.25. March feeder cattle down $2.22 to $182.35. April feeder cattle down $1.87 to $186.05. Boxed beef was mixed Wednesday. Choice down $3.22 to $2.53.41. Select up $0.33 cents to $2.34.51. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Now Riley Road sold cattle on Monday in Live Oak at Live Oak 3 Rivers. Riley, how'd he go? We ended up with 1,045 head on a good steady market. The cows and bulls uh, sold steady, had the same money on the rail. I thought the calf market was a little stronger this week than last week, uh, probably two to four higher across the board. Did have a few bred cows, 675 up to 1,100 on those. Uh, the packer cows, like we talked, sold steady, 70 to 78 on your high yielding cows, 68 to 74 on your breakers, 32 to 56 on your canners. Packer bulls, 92 to 98 on your high yielding bulls, 74 to 92 on the loaded medium yielding bulls. A little lightweight calves, quite a bit of activity, $1.84 to Two thirty-two on your choice weight, uh, two to three weight choice steers. The heifer mates one forty to one sixty-six. The three to four weight choice steers one sixty-eight to two hundred four. Heifer mates one forty to one sixty-two. Four to five weight choice steers one sixty-two to one ninety. Heifer mates one forty-four to one sixty-five. The six weight choice steers one fifty-eight to one eighty-six. The heifer mates one forty to one fifty-six. Six to seven weight choice steers one forty-eight to one sixty-eight. Heifer mates one thirty-six to one forty-eight. And the seven to eight weight cattle steers one thirty-six to one fifty. And the heifers one thirty-two to one forty-four. 
so pleased with it. Uh, got along good. There had a couple extra buyers today. There's some other sale barns that were closed for, around the country or up north. So we had a couple of those show up and had a few new orders in the house. Uh, everything went well. Good. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you for the next sale down there at Live Oak after the holiday. 361-786-2553 is the office. Uh, 361-813-6650 is the sale. LiveOakLivestock.com is the web. And just the hours, we're going to obviously be closed uh, on Thursday and Friday and then uh, be back open on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, so just uh, we're going to give everybody Thursday and Friday off and then uh, we'll be back at work and have the sale on Monday. Good deal, Riley. Thank you so much. Thank you, Larry. Neighbor, that's our Livestock Auction Market Report for today. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. December lean hogs fell 30 cents Wednesday to 83.95. February lean hogs down $1.27 to 88.80. November class 3 milk was up a penny to 21.04. December class 3 milk down 68 cents to 20.32. Cotton opened lower on Wednesday due to fears of expanded COVID outbreaks and restrictions in China, but finished the day higher on a weaker dollar. December cotton up 72 points to 83.94. March cotton up 48 points to 82.90. December corn was up six and a half Wednesday to 6.63 and a quarter. March corn up seven to 6.66 and a quarter. September corn up four and a half to 6.20 and a half on a weaker dollar. December hard red wheat up four and three quarters to nine thirty and a quarter. March hard red wheat up seven and three quarters to nine nineteen and three quarters. July hard red wheat up five and a quarter to nine oh two even. December natural gas rose forty seven cents Wednesday to seven twenty five. January natural gas up twenty eight cents to seven sixty eight. Crude oil fell Wednesday. Reuters reports that that's because G7 nations considered a price cap on Russian oil above the current market level. They later reported that talks between EU nations on where to set that have stalled. January crude oil down $3.26 to 77.69. February crude oil down $2.88 to 77.85. The Dow rose 132 points Wednesday to 34,230. The S&P 500 up 25 points to 4,028. The Nasdaq up 119 points to 11,290. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.